Welcome to Leadership and Lattes, um, our podcast, and we're really excited that you're listening in today. And we are early on in our journey. We've had um, one practice run, and we're hoping to be able to post this one. So welcome to Leadership and Lattes. We are today going to be talking about leadership uh, in these challenging times, leadership in COVID, leadership um, when we're dealing with um, social justice issues and demonstrations and the really important role that you have as a leader in helping your organization to navigate through this successfully. And I have here with me uh, virtually Danielle Lord, and uh, we're together today um, with this podcast. And like I said, we're talking, we're talking about leadership uh, in, in challenging times. So we've got a couple of things that we wanted to talk with you about today. And Danielle, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Thanks, Crystal. I think for me, the thing that keeps coming up in, in my mind is that we continue to see this kind of um, management conversation that's happening uh, with amongst leaders and organizations and everyone talking about how they want to manage during uh, this particularly volatile time. And I, I keep having heartburn around the, the notion of managing in this environment, but really what we need to be doing is leading during this time and leading people through crisis and the challenges that they're facing. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today, specifically in relationship to a study that came out recently um, from an, it was an organizational study, not an academic study, but I think the findings that they had were really relevant to what we're experiencing in what we call a VUCA environment. If you're not familiar with the term VUCA, it stands for volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous. And we are certainly uh, continuing to experience all of those things right now, making leadership even more relevant and important. Yeah, thanks, Danielle. Um, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about also is that while it can be really challenging and stressful to be leading in these times, it's also important to recognize that it's also a time of, can be a time of great inspiration and creativity and innovation. And so wanting to, as we talk about this today, to think about sort of that uh, balance between the, the challenge and the opportunity. Well said. So, <laughs> while you, um, while we start to talk about that, um, I was looking also, so this is the uh, study by MetLife. It's their 18th annual U.S. Employee Benefit and Trends Study uh, for 20, 2020, also looking at the end of 2019. And one of the things that I pulled out of there that I thought was very interesting was that 73% uh, of employers said reducing employee stress was a key objective for 2020, which was an increase of 5% from 2019. And that was pre-COVID. <laughs> so I think, you know, there was a lot of interest in it. Um, and yet we know that it has just gone over over the top, the stress level for our, our employees. Also, 55% yeah. of em employers said employee burnout was a major concern and challenge for 2020. 
And again, that was pre-COVID. So yeah, yeah, well. important issues. No, but even before we found ourselves in these unprecedented times. Well, it's nice to know that that leaders and organizations are recognizing uh, how important these topics are. Um, so I, that is heartening <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> uh, that organizations are recognizing that people are what is that makes up the organizations, and uh, their success depends on how well they are treating folks um, and um, recognizing the hard work that they do and trying to find ways to reduce stress. What I found interesting about that was uh, that study that you referenced was that people are feeling the productivity crunch even more so now in the midst of what we're experiencing with so many people working from home. You, Most people I don't think were prepared to work from home. I have a home office and I'm still camped out in my dining room. And <laughs> you think about people living in tiny houses or small apartments where they're sharing space with kids or maybe even adult family members and having to pack up and unpack uh, their work, uh, their, their work um, stuff, their computer, their, their papers, their files, et cetera, every morning and every night, or just leaving them out in a nice pile. Uh, your work is constantly staring at you. you. You don't have any separation. You don't have any ability to leave the office, come home, change out of your clothes, and leave your workday behind. You're constantly surrounded by it now. So that alone has got to be a significant increase in, in the stress that people are feeling because there's just no opportunity to leave it behind. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I wanted to just call out one more um, statistic that jumped off the page to me was that um, one in three employees, which is 50 million U.S. workers, um, this is post-COVID, felt tired, stressed, mm -hmm. or are burned out at work more than half half of the time that they're at work. So this that's is a big, lot of big issue. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of yeah. stressed out people. And a lot of stressed when, out people. When you factor into how that behavior shows up when we're driving and we're trying to share the road, when we're mm -hmm. trying to be civil to each other in the grocery store, when we're trying to encourage our kids to do better um, or spend quality time with our family members, you have to really think about those impacts and how it's playing out just within society at large. Yeah, yeah. So what an important time and what an important role our leaders have um, in helping to solve that. And one of our tenants uh, is that everyone uh, is a leader, that we all have opportunities to influence. And so really everybody should be thinking about how can we help make this better? So one of the things I was uh, thinking about and some of the work that I'm doing both um, internally uh, with our organization that I currently work in as well as with um, some of my external clients is how do they first, um, how do they first take care of themselves so that they can lead others? And I think that's like, mm -hmm. it's just the really important starting point. So when they can do that, then they model, um, they model the model the way <laughs> from Kuznis and Posner, right? They model the way they show uh, even more powerfully than even saying it. 
um, of what are we hoping and what are we expecting of our employees about how they can successfully navigate and manage and lead through this time by setting boundaries uh, for themselves and boundaries and expectations for their employees, um, by um, good communication and speaking honestly um, and telling the truth about when you know what's going to happen and when you don't. Um, by showing empathy and um, that may show up as flexibility in how people get their work done in these trying times. Really working with the employee to figure out when's the best time for them to, um, to be able to complete their work. There may be times where they need to be away from the office um, to go take care of a personal thing or take their child to the doctor or their elderly parent. Um, and really uh, recognizing good work when it happens. Um, and that may look different <laughs> in these times, um, but we also know that there are times when people will step up and act heroically. So how do we recognize that good work and those innovative ideas and um, just stick to it to stick to it this mess <laughs> sticking with it uh, as we as they um, get through their day and uh, so I guess I'm going to pull one more thing out that uh, from that that study um, that recognizing good work was a number one driver of productivity and engagement and a number yeah. two driver of loyalty yeah. So we know that these, um, that these, this stress um, and how we help our employees deal with that has a big impact on their loyalty and engagement and productivity. Which and, also relates yeah. to creativity and innovation. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. So all those, all those good things that we can do to help uh, employees successfully manage during this time. I know yeah. one of the things that you and I had um, been talking about was um, what can you expect uh, from your employees during this time? Is it can we hold people accountable still for um, pre-crisis uh, goals and expectations? So you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think that it remains important that we keep those conversations going because I one thing I realized pretty quickly into my work from home tenure was that boy if I could have walked out of the um, office with a printer on in my um, bag <laughs> that would have been really <laughs> ideal and yeah. so now then it's like oh gosh I'm out of ink um, I'm running low on paper I'm you know what what do I what do I do and so obviously I you know, click on Amazon, order ink cartridges, and they were fortunately here. But it speaks to the fact that we are not going to produce the same amount of the same quality be simply because we don't have, might not have the resources at home. I think one other thing that comes to mind when we think about productivity, it's not just about what is that we produce physically, it's what we produce mentally. And someone said to me not long ago, moving from an hourly to a salaried position, they said, boy, I never realized, I never put stock into what it meant to be salaried. And now suddenly, just because I'm home and I'm away from the office, I'm thinking about stuff 
all the time. And so I think when we think about that flexibility in terms of how we're allowing people to show up and produce um, and at conversations around those expectations is realizing that because we are looking at our work stuff all the time, potentially now, if it's in our bedroom or our dining room, is recognizing that people might be working, thinking, mentally, processing things at all hours of the day. And so that creativity, those bursts of productivity, et cetera, might come in different time periods rather than just the eight to five that has been the, the kind of the normal exception. Yeah, that's so true, so true. And why it's so important um, to have some boundaries around uh, work hours. Um, not to say that if you don't have an inspiration or an insight or an idea that you couldn't, um, you know, come jot it down or do something with that. But um, it's more of the, we know that from our, our work with people and what we've heard from um, other organizations that oftentimes these employees who are working from home are working long, long hours. And if you don't have any downtime, you don't have yeah. any time for that inspiration and insight to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it takes both sides of your brain to be creative and when to process it and when to think about it, when to put it back into a linear perspective, one side to get it back into that, that fuzzy state where the good ideas come. And if you don't have that capacity to utilize the brain in both ways, you're not going to get to the, the creativity and the innovation that you're looking for. So yeah, having that downtime, just even getting up um, and working on a small project or unloading the dishwasher may seem to some folks really heretical that <laughs> you would be getting up and unloading the dishwasher during the workday while you're at home supposedly working. Um, but just that allowing your time, that, that your brain, that space to, to move away and do something different can be really huge in terms of um, accomplishing something where you might be blocked otherwise. Yeah, um, so many studies and so much literature out there about and the pre-COVID um, that talked about that, uh, you know, when you get stuck, right? When you get stuck uh -huh. trying to um, solve a problem that um, just staring at the piece of paper or staring <laughs> at the computer, you know, trying to think your way through it. Uh, yeah, is not um, not the most productive, and I think all of us have had that experience where you just get up for a moment, take a you know, it, if we were in the office, we'd be going to get a you know a cup, of coffee, a cup of coffee or something. <laughs> yeah, and by the time we get back, we haven't even been thinking about it. But by the time our brains kept going, solving that problem, and when we get back to our desk, it's like wow, there it is. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the light bulb moment yeah yeah giving the brain a chance to actually and that's the neuroscience part of that right yeah yeah and i think that's one reason why people are feeling so much stress and feeling like they're producing more even though they're at home is because they're not spending that time getting up and moving um, and having those those moments to reflect on something and so it's just this it feels like this just constant grind i mean even getting up to get a cup of coffee is 10 steps um, where it maybe used to be a hundred steps in the past, so or when you were in your work environment. So I think that some of that stress and that increase in productivity is a lot of what folks are experiencing is they're just not able to physically move around as much as they were when they were working in the office. Yeah, yeah. 
So some of those good habits um, that we've had before and taking on new ones as well Mm -hmm. um, in these stressful times. I want to take just a minute, too, to talk about the um, a lot of people are, are experiencing some level of fear. So when we talk about stress, um, we've heard a lot about people just being afraid of, um, you know, getting the virus. Um, and so depend and, and people are also afraid of their losing their jobs. Um, lots of different fears. And as leaders, it's so important that we can do what we can to help alleviate some of those fears. Yeah, we know that people, uh, the neuroscience behind that, you know, um, around that fight or flight. So not being not our employees when they're in that fear aren't using their best their executive function using their best judgment and thought processes and yeah. reacting versus being able to be strategic. And so again, just so important for us to communicate what we can um, and be honest about what we don't know and try and give as much um, certainty to people knowing that there is a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity, but where we can to try and identify here, have empathy around those fears so we can help employees move through it and be productive. And one way to accomplish that is the really effective feedback uh, that not only demonstrates that you recognize the work that people are doing, but provides them with that recognition that they need um, per the study that we addressed earlier today, an increase mm-hmm. in recognition. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to provide good recommend, uh, recogni- recognition. <laughs> yeah. 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 So what, when you say recognition, what have you seen? Uh, as ways that have been effective um, for recognizing employees' work? Oh, so many ways. And I think that before we dive into this too deeply, but to put out the caveat that make sure you know what it is that feeds and nourishes the soul of your employees before you step out and start to provide a lot of recognition. Um, But I think for me, the biggest takeaways that I have um, is one, be sincere uh, and not patronizing about it. Um, I think calling out specific examples is really helpful rather than feeling like you're getting a pat on the head. Um, I receive recognition uh, sometimes from someone uh, that I've been in a supervisory relationship with and it almost feels like, good job, you put your pants on today, rather than (laughs) being something that is, hey, way to go, this was super awesome. So I think really watching tone um, and just giving very specific and clear examples about what it was that they did and what made it so effective. The other thing that I've heard is um, when managers share in meetings, even if that employee isn't there, is recognizing and giving credit for the work that was done by somebody else rather than even passively passing it off as work that you did as a leader. Somebody told me recently that they were in a meeting where the manager, their uh, joint manager said, oh yeah, it was, uh, you know, so-and-so that produced this document for us. And that got back to the employee and how empowering it was for that employee to realize that the credit was given uh, in a meeting, even though that that individual wasn't there. Hmm. Nice, nice. A great example of, um, giving credit where it's due. So I wondered if 
I think it, it warrants going back just to something that we started to talk about. Um, but this is about how do we hold employees, uh, how do we inspire them, but also hold them accountable for work during this time. And one of the things I was thinking about was that it, while some of the, some of the work that we're doing definitely has shifted, there's some, some work that continues that's the same, but potentially our productivity and um, for our employees may be impacted. And I think it's so important to, you know, utilize, um, you know, conversation to talk about that, to really help employees understand uh, and frequently what's expected of them during this time so that you can negotiate that a little bit based on their individual circumstances and their needs. Just a real recognition that this is something we've never been through before. Um, and we're just managing a lot. Our employees are managing a lot. And yeah. we can't necessarily expect that we're going to get the same level of performance from them. And that's okay. We don't want it to feel punitive. We want to inspire them to continue to work hard. Um, but be realistic about that. Yes. So true. So true. Yeah. We know, we know from the, the statistics that an eight hour workday, we only actually get about six productive hours out of folks. So why would we expect something different? And why would we put that level of stress on employees who are already in a, a state of stress? I think um, you said it so well when we were chatting about this um, a while ago when you said, how can we expect, um, how can we expect peak performance when we aren't in a peak environment? Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. thought that was just really, um, really wise to really be mindful of, yeah, this is not, <laughs> this is not normal work from home. This is not normal uh, work environment when we have all these other things going on around us. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. You can't just I, throw it completely out, right? But, yeah. but being realistic and, and really um, trying to still give employees uh, productive work that uh, inspires them and motivates them um, and that they feel that they're making a valued contribution because that's important for um, yeah. engagement as well. Yes. But not overloading. Yeah. Overloading yeah. them with too much work. Yeah. Or putting an expectation that they have to give a, a minute by minute account of what it is that they've done. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. That that's, goes back to our conversation and how we started this off is lead folks through this time. Don't manage them through it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And balancing that also with um, understanding what enough of what they're doing that you can do that, um, that recognition of their good work. So um, it's a delicate balance. It is a delicate balance. And I think everyone's doing trying to do the best that they can. So I don't yep. I so I always say that nobody shows up on the first day of work or the first day of employment saying, woo, I can't wait to fail. And I yeah. think that 
just carries through in where we're at now. It's like no one, I don't think anyone has come out of this and said, whoa, this is like a paid vacation. So uh, no. <laughs> put all that aside and just recognize that we're all doing the best that we can. And uh, per, the, per the study, just continue to give as much recognition and support as you can. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then recognizing that it looks different for different Every people. Yeah. Um, I think uh, in my conversations with leaders, I've they're all over the map. I have some people that are burned out and um, just trying to figure out how to take care of themselves and their families, but working really hard, long hours. And others, uh, when I talk with them, are loving this time because they're home more. They can have um, yeah. lunch with their families. They, you know, finish uh, uh, normal time. So they have, instead of having commute time, they can just go out and work in their garden or go on a bike ride with their family. And yeah. so um, both are, I was going to say, both are fine. Uh, we don't want the person to feel burned out for sure. We want to help them. Yeah. Um, set some more realistic boundaries. Um, but people are, um, just handling this in different ways. Yeah. So well said, everyone's mm -hmm. doing, uh, everyone's showing up differently. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, everyone shows up differently anyways, when they come into the organization, but yeah. I think we're starting to see it now. Um, yeah. in all this amidst all this craziness. So, yeah. 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 So, um, I think one other thing, um, as we're kind of winding down here is I wanted to just give a shout out to, um, if people have employee assistance programs, um, in their organizations, make sure that you know about them, but that your folks know about them as well and make sure that they know how to access them. It's really, those can be really helpful uh, for supporting uh, employees and their family members in dealing with these challenging times. And there is no, no shame in calling EAP to get some additional support. This, the mental health right now uh, of a lot of people is suffering uh, during this time. And so help your employees sort of uh, feel like that's a normal thing to be able to reach out and know how to do that so that it doesn't have to be a crisis. It can just be that they need some extra support. Yeah, I think it's really important uh, to recognize that EAP does exist in a lot of organizations. And I recently uh, recommended a manager uh, have an EAP conversation with an employee because the employee was getting into some potentially disruptive behavior. And I said to that manager, I think you need to step back and recognize that this, this employee is not disrupting operations purposefully or intentionally, but they're really hurting and in a stressful place. And it, she was kind of taken aback and she said, wow, I actually never thought of it that way. Um, but it's since they've all kind of participated in a conversation with EAP. And I think there's a lot more recognition that wow, this, this individual really was stressed. And that's what everyone was experiencing was this individual's level of stress. Yeah. So an important call out. Yeah. 
So last, uh, last thoughts or comments? Well, we always say it, but I'm going to say it again. Give grace. <laughs> uh, uh, recognize that that no two people are in the same space. I, re I recently um, did a, a leadership challenge uh, virtual session with some of our leaders internally. And I one of the things that I opened up with was um, imagine you're in a place of stress and what do you do? How does that impact your ability to be at your best and learn and show up and reflect on that for a minute and think about some of the behaviors that you are prone to. Um, and now imagine millions of people in this same space. And then that's what we're experiencing. And all we can do the, is, as you said so well earlier, put your own oxygen mask on um, to, to demonstrate the right way to take care of yourself and give grace to others. Yeah, so, so well said, yep. Um, so we, we challenge you to think about um, and reflect on what can you do uh, to, to show up and support yourself so that you can help others and, um, and think about uh, a couple of actions, two or three actions that you can take um, in the near term, when you step back into your virtual office or actual office, uh, and that uh, employee comes through the door, what what actions can you take to show them how you are leading and managing through this time, as well as your expectations for them? Um, so we are looking for also um, your questions for us to talk about and um, answer in our upcoming uh, podcast. So I'm going to give you our email, which is leadershipandlattes at gmail.com. So leadershipandlattes at gmail.com.